Westwood One Download, an Edison Research Super User in this week's Always Listening. Welcome to Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Jay. Jenny, don't lose my number. Because it really is <laughs> like, like last week we talked about numbers and this week is all about numbers again. Well, if everybody would have just paid attention to what you and I had on the schedule, they could have put these reports last week, Jay, Seriously. both of them, and then we could have done it all in one fell swoop. But you know, whatever. I the Edison Edison research report is important enough. We'll deign to talk about numbers two weeks in a row. Before we get into all of that, though, I want to start with our first sponsor. This is going to be an ongoing one, Jay. So it's going to take me a little bit of a t- uh, a little bit of a, a minute here to tell you about it. You're going to hear more from this sponsor. It's the Sleep with Me podcast. Sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can find the link in the show notes. But interesting thing is, uh, what what Andrew oh, Ackerman, Drew Drew, the guy behind the Sleep with Me podcast, has sponsored the rest of the year on Always Listening. In fact, every episode for the remainder of the year. And he did so for us not to talk about his own podcast. He doesn't want us to do that. He wants me to tell you about my favorite Pogs from my childhood. Do you remember Pogs, Jay? Um, Slightly. Aren't those those small, <laughs> like, round discs? They had, like, little thingamabobs written on them. Precisely. So you do, in fact, remember Pogs. They were small cardboard discs. Uh, the The original game apparently came out of, like, the top of the milk jug. Like, you know, the top of the milk jug would have the little cardboard thing on the inside. And some companies began to print uh, a picture on that. And kids would pull it out and they'd play a game with it. They, they created this little, it's a marble style, you knock the center pile out. Anyway, if you don't remember this, there's going to be a link in the show notes for this phenomenon. But this was a fad when I was a kid. Uh, this is this is in response to or, or sort of a similar thing to what the Accidental Tech Podcast did a few years ago. The folks behind the Cards for Cards Against Humanity they sponsored for like six months that podcast and asked John Syracuse not to talk about their game or to advertise their business, but to instead review toasters every week. So that is what Andrew is doing here. It's an interesting tactic. Um, I'm very excited about this. Here's the story that I'm going to tell you today, Jay. Not a specific pog but what pogs taught me and the reason why i i have a, a, a holy place for them in my life period when i was a kid this phenomenon started you started to get pogs and the way you bought them was in a pack like baseball cards right you get several pogs for one price i didn't understand the concept that if the bag was open those pogs were now not free range pogs <laughs> Was that was what I understood to be the case. So when Pogs came to our local <laughs> area and began to be available, heard. when they began to be available at Walmart at the you know at the local store, we'd go to the store. Mom would be walking us through to buy groceries or whatever. I'd happen to run to look at the toys section for a second. I'd see the display full of boxes of Pogs there, and in the bottom of those boxes, inevitably, would be a handful of loose Pogs from packages that had been opened, either accidentally in transit or purposely by some child looking for something. And to me, those were all free. Those were like sample pogs, Jay. (laughs) It was, it was months. It was months that I was taking those loose pogs, pocketing them 
and going home with them and adding them to my collection before my mother explained to me that I had been shoplifting. That is a great Every story. single one of those times I had been shoplifting. So that is what, that's why literally to this day, when, when Drew sent me this message, she was like, here's what I want you to do for your ad. I want you to talk about Pogs. It's why I told him it meant so much to me, honestly, to have this opportunity because Pogs is what taught me about property theft, I guess, and about property rights. Well, I will tell you, I'm very glad that you know something about Pogs and enjoy Pogs so much because I do not. I'm the exact, I never got into Pogs. I never understood Pogs. I did not enjoy that particular fad. We, we do not normally put a sponsor right at the top of the show, but this is a very full news show and we've got three sponsors. We're actually sold out today and I wanted to make sure to get that one in off the bat to explain it a little bit. I want to give that one a little bit more context because we're going, you're going to hear it again. We're going to talk about Pogs for 11 weeks here. I've got a whole binder to go through, Jay. I've got some really, really, I've got some gems to bring out specifically to mention. Anyway, that's what's coming up in advertisements on always oh, listening so let's much, get to our drew main Ackerman. topics can't wait yeah thanks thanks drew sleep with me pods. podcast <laughs> it's <laughs> i was but honestly hey here's the thing i was so excited when he suggested that because i loved the accidental tech podcast ad adverb uh ad campaign from um Cards Against Humanity. It was one of my favorite things that they've ever done and it it is an example of the, the no rules thing that is happening in our medium you know i mean you can podcasting can be whatever you want it to be jay just last week we were talking about or or two weeks no last week we were talking about podcasters want standards and practices right best practices but those best practices we really we only want a list so we know where we want to break them for our own show that's and this is an example who would think that advertising buying an advertisement to talk about something else would be a good business practice but you know what it worked very well for uh cards against humanity and i think over the course of this ad campaign it might work very well for folks that might find the sleep with me podcast from uh from listening to us as well it might put me to sleep but it also <laughs> It also shows that uh, there is a price for the million dollar man. Like, we'll, we'll talk about anything if you send us some money. So, go, you want to talk about pogs? Sure. Great. Sponsor, sponsor.alwayslisteningpod.com for your opportunities uh, to take advantage of that, just like Drew did. Um, Jay, let's get first of all to the sort of old news now. Uh, the Westwood One download report, which came out last week, actually. Um, but uh, can I get into something that was, before uh, that, real yeah, quick? Please. It just sort of something that happened to me last week as I was going through the news items and going through some of these reports, and it it it's starting to really get on my nerves at this particular point in time, and that's the way that the media sort of paints a very broad brush. Now I understand why they do that. And it's not just because they're lazy. There's a little element of that. But it's also just because there isn't an easy way to really talk about this industry in a short amount of words. Uh, For example, Joel, if I ask you, or if I told you, a person listens to seven podcasts a week, what does that mean to you? So you and I have talked about this before, Jay. It's confusing language, absolutely. What I hear immediately is they listen to seven different shows that is not what's being said or necessarily what's being said that could be what's being said but it could also mean that they're listening to seven 
episodes of one particular podcast. But very specifically speaking about Edison Research, we've asked, we've clarified in the past on this, and the language that they use in their surveys does not differentiate between podcast episodes and podcast shows. So when they're surveying that and when they're giving you back that data, that data could be either or. It is very non-specific to the survey takers. Right. And so I bring that up only because there was a big conversation. We don't necessarily need to get into it about can audio on YouTube be considered a podcast? And by the strict definition of what a podcast is, the answer is no. However, there are many people in the industry that made up that brought up some good points. One of them being uh, it doesn't help podcasting that the word podcast can be reused in several different definitions. And uh, the other thing is sort of perception is nine-tenths of the law. But the one that I really wanted to share before we jump into Westwood One. Sorry to uh, throw you this curveball here, Joel. No, this is good stuff. Uh, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting wrote uh, in the podcast Business Journal, Trick question. Your spouse looks at you and says, You don't care about me like you did in the past. You know this is not true. But because your spouse thinks it's true, it is. A YouTube visitor can hear about podcasting and not understand that podcasts are delivered via RSS. They believe they are just content. A podcast is someone who is creating content. They watch a YouTube video and someone says, welcome to the podcast, as they will repurpose the audio later, and their belief is verified. They feel they are watching a podcast because they think it's a podcast. It is. Is it a podcast? No. Technically speaking, blah, 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 blah. They just like your stuff. Do you care less about your spouse than when you first met? Is a YouTube video a podcast? No. But if they believe it to be true, it is. The solution? Educate them. That's a whole other ball game. In the end, we are all content creators. And that's sort of really the essence of what it, what it comes down to. There's a lot of arguments going on these days about the technical definitions of terms that are occurring. But there's also a lot of confusion occurring around the definitions of of the terms that are used in this particular industry. And when we talk about standards and practices, Joel, that might be one of those things where we need to come down and finally just define the term and use that particular term in the specific definition that it was intended for. Calling a podcast, by using the word podcast and referring to the episodes or separate shows, we may need to try and stop that. If we can, it's been a bad habit. That is, um, it, it's a very interesting comparison there to the relationship thing. This is literally a conversation that I've had with my wife recently, and it absolutely goes both ways because there are some things that are probably not true in reality, but part of my perception of the relationship. And likewise, some things that are not true in reality, but part of her perception of the relationship. It's literally a conversation that I've had. I, Jay, had not really wrapped my mind around it, this this whole deal, until you used until you used that that quote, that piece. Um, that makes this make a lot more sense to me. Now I have already said though, by the way, the fact of the matter is these people are using they're 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 intaking your show and other shows through YouTube. It's happening. It's it's a it's a fait accompli, which means that podcast listening as you just said, is happening there. We can call it that or not if we want to. I, here's my thing. I, th I look at the uh, 
here's an industry that I follow very closely, the tablet industry, the, the iPad, right? Uh, Apple made a very specific choice early on not to count the iPad sales alongside their PC sales. And then at some point along the way, they went, no, you know what? We really want to do that. But the industry at large does not actually want to do that. And so like some of the reporting does and some of it doesn't, but it's one of those things. It's like at one point it benefited, it benefited us not to be lumped together. Maybe now we're hurting ourselves by trying to be, you know, um, pedantic about it. On the flip side though, I've got a client who does trademarks. She talks all the time about, um, what's, what's the word when, uh, okay. Like Kleenex, right. We, we use Kleenex for any tissue paper. That's, um, not genericization. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and this is a, this is a case where the term podcasting has been genericized. Mm. Yeah. It means, it means, it means episodic content is what it means now. Yeah. That you you get online. Yeah. Yeah. Online episodic content is a podcast to normal people. If I don't have to pay Amazon or Hulu or Netflix for it and I get it on a regular basis, that's a podcast. Yep. So, I mean, that's one of the, that, that's one of the things we either have to embrace or we need to change. And that is what we need out of a trade association. Yeah, that's a very, very interesting idea. Uh, Jay, you're, you're one small bullet point here, but it's something that has been kind of a peccadillo of yours for this past week in particular. People talking about podcasting where they're talking about their show or their audience, but they're making generalizations about the industry as a whole. It's a similar thing, really, in a lot of way. Hey, I got in trouble with it today in the podcast editors group. I was talking about how I the question was raised by an editor Hey, am I the only one that's a podcast editor and trying to make a living doing that, but I don't have my own podcast? Am I the weirdo, you know? And a bunch of people said, oh, I, I don't have my own show either, and I just edit for other people, et cetera, et cetera. But I made the point that, like, man, I'd have I'd have trouble hiring you to do something on my podcast if you don't have a podcast yourself. Um, I mean, that kind of blows my mind. I don't understand it. But also pointing out that, like, what a great marketing tool it is. And we're telling our clients that all the time. Podcast is Podcasting is this great marketing tool, and yet here you are building a podcast business without podcasting. But the, the point was made to me, finally, I'm not seeing everybody, right? I'm looking from my point of view, not from everybody's point of view. And several people spoke up and said, hey, look, I'm a technician. All I want to do is sit in a room edit the content and send it right back. I don't want to deal with consulting. I don't want to deal with telling somebody how they ought to record. I don't want to deal with the client. I don't want to deal with finding new clients. I just want to do the work. And there are a lot of people that are professional podcast editors, but that's literally all they are. They're not trying to build a business like mine. So my advice was generic, not specific. Anyway, my point is maybe we all just need to take a a breather back and go, this is right for me. Right. <laughs> this is my opinion. <laughs> well, and, and and to that point, we are so getting sidetracked. Westwood One numbers are coming. We promise. Somebody had asked that age-old question that gets asked 100,000 times in the Facebook groups. Hey, who's the best hosting provider? And my response to them was, you know, I, I gave them an in-depth answer as to, you know, you have to figure out, you know, the one basic thing they all provide is they host your RSS feed for distribution to all the listening apps. Now, which fo- what is your philosophy and how does that match up with the hosts that are out there? 
if you're looking for this, then you want to use this company. If you're looking for this, you want to use this company. If you're looking for this, this company. And I gave my recommendations based on, on my own biases and then noted that whenever you ask that question, here are the things that you need to consider. One, only you can answer that question. Two, when you ask it in a Facebook group, you're going to get hundreds, maybe even thousands of different replies based on those people's biases. So three, it comes down to, we're back to number one. Uh, you just have to sort of understand that you can't ask a question like, who's the best hosting provider? Because you're going to hear opinions from everyone. And I think we all know what opinions are equal to because we all got them. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And most of those opinions are not backed up by scientifically surveyed data. However... Westwood One mm. <laughs> did just such a thing. See that smooth radio transition? It's well done. Uh, my, my radio brethren are so excited by that one. Westwood One's podcast download, Fall 2019 report, Women Close the Gap. That's the headline, Jay. Uh, podcast events gain traction. Podcast listening on smart speakers hits a speed bump. And podcast ad appeal shifts. Those are the uh, the overall things. But let's start with the women. Women are closing the gap in podcast listenership. So the difference year over, uh, excuse me, it's actually two years from 2017 to 2019 in average weekly time spent with podcasts up 23% in two years among weekly female podcast listeners. Uh, in July 2017, it was 4.4, and in July 2019, it was 5.4. That's average weekly time spent for women listening to podcasts. By the way. That that alone is pretty big to me. It is big, but this was something that came up uh, during the Edison webinar that was sponsored by Podcast One on super listeners. And it's something that is mentioned here at the top of Westwood Ones, because I went I went deep, Joel. I went into their actual report, which is something over 30 pages long. Um, and it starts off with podcasts who's listening. 22% of America, and this comes from Edison's Infinite Dial in 2019, 22% of America listens to podcasts weekly, one plus hour a week. Okay? That's 22% of America. Uh 8% of America are what they're referring to as heavy listeners or what will be referred to in the Podcast One webinar as super listeners. That's six plus hours a week. By the way, uh, I was very disappointed that my um, my podcast crush, Tom Webster, did not have that 8% number readily available. But he did manage to, to tell us that it was definitely a small subset of the small subset. Uh, <laughs> that he was referring to as super listeners because that was not, it, I, I thought that maybe I had missed it at the top of the webinar, but actually they didn't uh, mention that the, this particular report was a very small subset of a subset. Anyway, important to note that this among weekly female podcast listeners, that their time spent with podcasts is up significant in understanding that it's still a small subset of the overall podcast listening universe. It's only 22%. So while it's up and that's great, we got to understand what the total impact actually is. When we deal with these percentages, and I get why these companies present these in the aspect of percentages, it's because the percentage number looks better than 
what the actual number is. And that drives me a little nuts, quite honestly. Well, it's it's easy though uh, if you're if you're sort of on the outside of the industry looking in, and you're just only glancing in at these kinds of reports every, once every couple of years. Here's the thumb. Here's the the rule of thumb. When they stop talking in percentages and start talking specific numbers, you'll know the industry is mature. <laughs> you also know that that number is actually better than what the percentage number is. Yeah, it, that's true. It's like, oh, we only grew 1%, but that 1% was, you know, 5 million. Yeah, 75 million. <laughs> right. 75 million new <laughs> listeners this year. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I get why it's done. It just It just drives me nuts. And it's just sort of, Another one of those things that you have to understand and why I'm so glad and one of the reasons why we started this podcast in the beginning was to provide the proper perspective on this particular type of news item. But female listening is so, definitely on the rise. That is something that is inarguable. Well, and and not just on the rise, but as you said, it's still a small percentage. However, it's, it's, it's really booming in that 63% of new podcast listeners, the people that started listening in the past 7 to 12 months, 63% of those are women. So like that's to me the – so again, if you're starting a new show, if you're looking to really grow your audience, if you're trying to build something new – I would be trying to target either a, a neutral gender audience or or a female specific audience. I think. Well, and and millennial, uh, because the millennials come in hot as new listeners, podcast newcomers in the past six. That's people that have listened to podcasts for the first time in the past six months. Sixty one percent are millennials. That's eighteen to thirty four. Uh, by the way, just to compare, uh, podcast pioneers. Uh, which is labeled as uh, listeners who first listened to podcasts four plus years ago, uh, 64% of them are male. Um, so your older listeners tend to be more male, your newer listeners tend to be more female, and they tend to be a lot younger, um, 18 to 34. Jay, if you would have told me before these numbers that there was a spread on uh you know, the appreciation for drama or storytelling podcasts for female listeners versus male listeners. You know, a lot more female listeners like storytelling shows than male listeners. I would have agreed with that. I would have said, yeah, that makes sense. I'm kind of blown away by the fact that it's 51% of women say that they listen to storytelling or drama podcasts. That's their top category versus only 33% for men. Is this... Is this more about – here's what I'm wondering. Is this more about sort of the self-selecting nature of what podcasting has been so far? So we talk all the time about uh, people who are podcast listeners, our current podcast listeners, tend to be early adopters. They tend to be more affluent. They tend to be this. They tend to be that, et cetera, et cetera. They tend to be men. But isn't that mostly because the shows have been tech and sports and politics Etc. 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 Like, and because we're seeing these new waves of content, now we're seeing new listenership. I, I'm anyway. My point, I guess, is I think these numbers are more correlation, not causation. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, you're reading a little blurb out of an excerpt uh, on a report. In the report itself, regular listening of entertainment and storytelling focused podcasts grew the most in 2019. Uh, that grew by 10%. That's the difference between July 2017 and July 2019. The second heaviest, so that was entertainment and pop culture, 10%. Storytelling, drama, i.e. serial crime town. Those are the examples they're using to describe that particular genre. Plus 8%. 
Uh, interesting that you bring that up. The two, the two categories that dropped the most, 23% music. And I wonder, first of all, I don't even understand music podcasting. I mean, there's, there's a few legal ones out there. I wonder if the 23% drop is all those illegal podcasts that are using commercial <laughs> music are disappearing. The, the next category that dropped the most, sports. 13%. It's a weird time for sports right now, too, I think. Uh, you know, the NBA is kind of going through a generational transition in a lot of ways. Some of the the former stars are kind of in their twilight, and the new stars I don't think have fully lit up yet. Football, man, is going to hit American podcasting weird, just like the rest of the American media industry as, as football changes and fluctuates over the next decade or so. I, I think I think that's a big part of podcasting too. I think there's a I think there's a drop in interest in the NFL. Which type of podcast do you like to listen to on a regular basis? Okay, that's the question. Uh, the millennials, twenty five percent, are listening to sports podcasts compared to Gen X and Boomers who are listening to forty percent. Both those wow, categories, it's half. Yeah. So the millennials hate sports. Is what we're well. What we're coming down. It's not so much hate sports, but as again, they just they just have other interests. They're just they're going. What they're seeking in podcasting is not an ESPN replacement, which is what last generation's podcast listeners wanted. And large. And when you compare this to podcast pioneers, forty two percent said sports they listen to on a regular basis. Only twenty eight percent of podcast newcomers. The uh, the biggest influx in terms of percentage from podcast newcomers, uh, is music, 41%. So there are less music podcasts, but more interest in music podcasts. It's very odd. Mm, and, well, I think I think that very much does speak to what you hinted at. Maybe, there, maybe some of that drop in the number of podcasts is about a better... Um, uh, a, a, a tighter rein on legality and um, you know copyright control. Try this content. Try this content one on for size. Podcast pioneers, sixty percent say that they listen to news, current events podcasts regularly. Only thirty-two percent of the podcast newcomers. Now, see that one strikes me as odd too. Because I mean, I, I and there's a huge influx of 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 news and daily podcasts going on right now. Yeah, that's so. So, uh, music and and news polit or news or politics going in different directions. Uh, it's like a huge boom in supply, but a drop in demand versus the opposite happening in music. Very, very interesting numbers there. It should. That's the kind of thing that we'll see played out for a couple of yeah. years, right? As that as the demand and and uh, supply level. The category that the newcomers really don't care about: business. <laughs> in only 18 this is only 18 percent of podcast newcomers listening to business podcasts so i could have told you that one and and this you anybody who's ever been to a podcast conference could tell you that because the biggest complaint from a lot of people attending are like wow there's a lot of business podcasts here aren't there like i didn't i didn't know all these business people were podcasting but like it's so clearly a great marketing tool. It's so clearly a great marketing tool. And and business entrepreneurs, businesses, period, are always going to be looking to invest in anything that has a potential to return, you know, as, as far as a, a great marketing opportunity. So that's no surprise. But again, it's no surprise as the industry grows, as the medium grows, that that's going to be a smaller and smaller percentage of the actual landscape. Uh, 
there was some, there's some more interesting data in this report that I wanted to jump through, and, and we sort of jumped ahead by going to the content there. Listener events, which is something that um, is, is popping up. Uh, according to Westwood One, one out of five uh, listeners have attended a live podcast show. You would be the one out of our five. Uh, I have not attended a live podcast show. Yes, I've actually attended that's a tr- couple. That's true, because even at PodFest, I didn't make it to the live recordings, which I wanted to, but I just didn't get an opportunity. Um, it says, on average, monthly podcast listeners are 50% more likely to attend an event than the average U.S. adult. Uh, podcast listeners, the biggest events that they attend, uh, which is interesting considering the content categories we just discussed, 47% of podcast listeners will attend a professional sports event. Uh, that is so, the largest category uh, of so maybe maybe I'm wrong in my estimation of where this comes from. But Jay, something that I literally just the the Kelly asked me about two three days ago, uh, Letterkenny, which is a Hulu show. It's a Canadian based comedy. I think they're in their like seventh season now. They're doing a live tour. Shit's Creek which features Dan Levy and, and his uh, dad, Eugene Levy, um, they just got done with a live tour. We didn't get to make that one, but we actually considered trying to make one of those live shows. I can't help but think... I mean, I don't remember any TV shows when I was growing up doing live tours. I can't help but think that is a direct response to the success that these podcasts are having. And these shows go, you know, we could hit like five or six cities and make a nice little boost... And sell a bunch of DVDs and T-shirts and merchandise and blah, 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 whatever, you know, and all those other things, too. Um, yeah, man, like it works. The McElroy brothers are doing it all the time now. Um, I I think I think it's a great opportunity. And you don't have to be huge either to do this. It's about knowing where your audience is, knowing the kinds of events your audience would want to show up for anyway. So maybe it's not just about literally live podcasting, Jay. Maybe it's about creating an event. Uh, Mark Bologna with the Beyond Bourbon Street, he's literally got one that he's promoting right now, which is like a happy hour event. And he started with his patron supporters and then, okay, after it's been available to them for so long, I'm going to open up ticket sales to the general public. Anybody that listens to the show or follows me on Facebook, you know? Now I'm going to really kill you with some really, I mean, the subset of stats, this must be why the percentages are so skewed. Uh, Podcast event goers tend to be millennial, 63%, male, 63%, compared to 37% female. Uh, Gen Xers, uh, 27%. Boomers and seniors could care less, 5% and 4%, respectively. Uh, What kind of phone do they own? Apple mobile owners, 49%. Android mobile owners, 48%. Almost dead even, 50-50. Again, that shows me that there is still more that we can do to reach the Android audience. If the event-going audience is split on uh, operating system for mobile phones, then our listening audience should not be so skewed to iOS devices. Don't you think, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. How much are you willing to spend uh, on average for a live podcast show, show, Joel? So I think when we talked about this, I can't remember to be honest, but I want to say with fees and everything, Kelly and I paid like 75 a piece. It was like 150 for the two mm. of us for the, for the Mabimba Bam show. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't quite that. Maybe it was 50 each, but it was, it was over a hundred dollars with fees. I know that. Well, 
uh, 34% of weekly podcast listeners who have attended a live show for their favorite podcast are willing to spend 50 plus for a show. The average comes out to $42, uh, $42 uh, is how much people are willing to pay for a show. I myself would have been in the 27% who are willing to pay 11 to $20 maybe. Maybe. I mean, obviously, it depends on the event and it depends on the podcast, right? Like, Correct. If if, uh, if we were just talking about like a pub crawl with two of my buddies from college that do a silly little show, I probably wasn't going to pay $50 a pop for tickets for that. But the, the McElroy brothers are somebody I've been listening to for years. My opportunity to see them are few since I'm not in like a major metropolitan area. They're not coming back to New Orleans for a couple of years at least. That was my swing, you know? So I wanted to get good seats. I wanted to, to be able to see it and enjoy it. Which device do you use to listen to podcasts? The number one device is the iPhone, uh, up to 53%. That's plus 8% uh, from July 2017 to July 2019. Android use, by the way, down uh, 6% from 2017 to 2019, 41% to 38%. Uh, laptop notebook computer way down from 50% to 35%. Uh, a desktop computer from 34 to 25 uh, There is an increase in in-car internet-connected audio. There is an increase in smart speakers, which is interesting because people aren't listening to podcasts on smart speakers. We've got data on that iPods are not on this list, and I still listen on my iPod. So, I mean, but we've talked about that too, Jay. You're not going to be supported anymore. If you update your Mac, you literally are not going to be able to – well, I say that. That's not true. You can still sync through – you can still sync the device through Finder, but it's going to be even harder for you to find those podcast files and drag them over. Like, Apple is not supporting that as a thing people do anymore. It's just – it doesn't have official that. support. Well, they better. The, the smart – the smart speaker deal, though. So I, we own a ton of these. I say a ton. We own several of these devices. But but my thing is, in our home, the vast majority of them are made for input, not output. So like we speak to all of them, but we actually only ever listen to anything from the one in the living room, pretty much. Like mm. we don't ever really play music or anything, any sort of audio through the rest of them. But the, the things that are noted in this report, the the very idea that podcasts are they tend to be anyway a more intimate art form we don't generally have podcast listening parties we don't you know huddle around the radio and listen to the podcast together as a family um so anyway that's that's just i think that's why but again as as ownership of the speakers goes up that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in new homes that means that that home has bought in again probably to another speaker because once you get one of these you want to be able to speak all over the house they're very addictive they're like lay's potato chips (laughs) podcast newcomers are more impatient there's a shorter window of listening opportunity when tuning into podcasts Uh, the question was if you are tuning into a podcast episode about how long does it take before you stop listening uh, podcast newcomers say 57% tend to listen to most or the entire length of the episode. That's compared to the pioneers who listen to the, that are 79% uh, listen to the entire length of the episode. When you average those out, by the way, the total weekly podcast listeners listen 71% listen to most or the entire length of the episode. Five minutes or less, the millennial, the newcomers, uh, 38%. So you got five minutes and that's it. If you ain't, if you ain't bringing it 
and within five minutes, and I guarantee you it's probably even less than five minutes, uh, they ain't going to listen to your show. So the beginning of your show is extremely important. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think, again, this is a place where it's good to be super descriptive. Let your website really fit your branding and your show. Let your show notes for each episode actually hint at what the episode is going to be about. Not, you know, don't be esoteric and cute, full of in jokes, Jay. That's not helpful. So I would say that if you want to better reach that audience, like that's the key is you're, you're going to have to show them why your content is worth the time at all or worth, you know, this amount of time specifically. The, the other thing that I wonder about there is how much are millennials doing? Are they doing more multitasking? You know, I mean, I don't know. We, we, we already think the average podcast listener is probably doing a lot of listening while they're doing other things. But I, I think that's probably even more true for millennials. You know, they're not just listening to the podcast they're listening to the podcast and reading a news article and playing on Twitter and whatever. So again, if you don't grab their attention quickly, they're out. Do your kids do, do, do your kids do more multitasking than you do? Mm, yes. My son, <laughs> my son plays video games like Fortnite while watching videos on his tablet and talking to his buddies at the same time while he's playing the game. Yeah. It's yeah. Good call. This ridiculous. is, that's the thing that my kids do too. If I'll let them, they, they'll play video games and watch YouTube videos and chat online. Yes. You're, you're absolutely, that is not those three things together. I could not do. No, I couldn't. Right. There's no way. I know I will. I will on occasion, because again, this is like, I'm trying to give the, I don't want to be that guy like, Oh, these kids get off my lawn. Uh, I, I play video games and listen to music or listen to podcasts, right. right? Like I'll turn the audio of the video game down and listen to something, but I couldn't watch it. I couldn't have a video on. No, I don't even know how he does it. It's impressive, quite honestly. He's a pretty decent Fortnite player. I'm horrible at it. I'm horrible at it, and I'm not being distracted by anything. <laughs> he, he's got other things going on. It's crazy. The the YouTube app on the iPad still doesn't support the picture in picture mode where you can make it like float where it's just the video and put it anywhere, but it does support um, side by side or slide over mode, so you can have like a long skinny iPhone shaped YouTube app floating over something else now. And I do occasionally do like while I'm reading a long article or checking emails, I do occasionally have a YouTube video floating, which is a very, very millennial thing to do. You're up. You're right on that. You're right. They do that better than we do. Um, so anyway, that, that's what I think about that number. I, I don't, I'm not worried about, I don't, I'm not blown away by the fact that they'll throw a podcast away in five minutes. You know, yeah. the YouTube conversation was fueled a lot by this particular research because, uh, the platforms that people are finding, podcast from podcast pioneers again these are people who started listening four plus years ago apple podcast is king at 39 percent uh and in, in uh how frequently do you use each of the following places to access podcasts you listen to 39 percent say apple 31 percent say youtube 24 percent say spotify 17 percent say google podcasts newcomers who started listening in the past six months are a little bit more equal 34 percent apple 35% YouTube, 41% Spotify, 29% Google. So I really, I got to sign up for, um, I got to sign up for YouTube Red or YouTube 
premium or whatever they call their thing and see what the experience is like for listening to podcasts. I Because I don't have that. Ex- have you ever tried that, Jay? Uh, not on YouTube Red, no. Uh, I mean, I know they do the... I know if you subscribe to premium, what I mean is if you subscribe to premium, there are a handful of other features you get. You can play videos in the background. You know, you can play just the audio. You can... I think they allow you to speed up the videos and audio, maybe some. I, there's, a, there's a bunch of new features that you get when you go to premium. It's not just taking away the ads. That's what I, that's what I mean by that. I wonder if, again, I wonder if that's, pos- I mean, if, that's a, if that's a potential path that some of these new listeners are going to go down. Well, I'm glad you asked because the preferred platform conversion. So this equation, the preferred platform conversion percentage equals listeners who use the platform the most divided by listeners who frequently use the platform. Uh, So total weekly podcast listeners, 70% is Apple, 49% is Spotify, 42% is YouTube, 27% is Google Podcasts. Now, when you break this down by pioneers versus newcomers, the newcomers, 67% is Apple, 53% is Spotify, 18% is YouTube, 35% is Google Podcasts is interesting and i wonder if that's just a sample size percentage that's showing up there might be that might be that is very very interesting (laughs) there is a lot in this thing and i would really love to get into a lot more but we have some other things that we have to discuss and we have a short amount of time to do it yeah let's go ahead with the link for the full report is in the show notes you can dive into it and and there might be some more of this that we um pick apart in a little bit more detail over the coming weeks but um the westwood one report is a good one we've got uh maybe uh, an even uh, bigger one to get to but first let's talk about our second sponsor yaya podcasting brings us beyond the edit the art of audio editing for podcasters. The link is in the show notes, but Carrie Caulfield Arik is the uh, lady behind this. This is a great course for you. It was available, Jay, as part of the Podcasters Toolkit that was on sale a couple of weeks ago. You can't get that anymore, but you can still get access to Carrie's uh, course. Again, it's the art of audio editing, how to um, make your editing a little bit more artful. It's it's about, it's not just cutting out ums and ahs and stutters and stops. It's about making it seem like this thing was found, you know, it's like the, um, I think about the, uh, the watchmakers proof of God. You know, if you're like a Aboriginal person or something on an Island somewhere and you've never met any other, uh, human beings ever in your life. And yet a watch washed up on the shore of the Island, you would look at it and you'd say, Hmm, something intelligent made this. You would know that there was another person behind it. It didn't just exist. Sometimes I kind of want podcasting to not feel that way, right? That's what Carrie is talking about here, about how to make an edit, how to craft a better product without making it obvious that there was an, you know, a technician's hands on it. You don't want to see the strings mm. behind the Muppets. Right. Right? Right. Well, I guess that's a bad analogy. The Muppets don't have strings. They've got a hand up the crotch. But anyway. <laughs> Sometimes they have sticks on their hands. You don't want to see the sticks. That's right. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of, last week we talked about the um, the Saturday Night Live Oscar the Grouch sketch. I saw a great picture this week of the, and I can't remember the actor's name, but the the actor who was the the actor behind uh, Oscar the Grouch also did, at least for a very long period of time, uh, Big Bird. 
And so it's literally, he's he's crouched down on set. It's sort of a behind-the-scenes photo. He's crouched down. He's got his hand up like this through the trash can with Oscar on his hand. But behind him, his legs still have Big Bird's, uh, like the bottom of Big Bird's <laughs> costume pulled down like to his knees. And it's like, wow, what two di- super different characters, super different approaches, and yet... Because of the artfulness of the way that that show is presented and the the skill in the way that they put it all together, those seem like two different personalities instead of just the same actor, right. you know, switching costumes or hands. That's Beyond the Edit, the art of audio editing for podcasters. Check it out. Link is in the show notes. Thank you, Carrie, for sponsoring Always Listening. Um, all right. Super user webinar just happened today, Jay, as we are recording this. Uh, this is from uh, your boyfriend over at Pod, uh, excuse me, uh, Edison Research, um, and the link is in the show notes for some of the uh, initial uh, findings that came out of it. There's a link there for the entire. You can go and download the entire report. Oh, excellent! Um, Good as well. I put that in there, uh, and I don't know if you put my notes in the show notes, but hey, go right ahead. I used the, I used our, I used our page to write down my notes from what I was listening to, and. Um, the super listeners, uh, again, this is people that uh, at, listen at least five hours a week, and it happens to be 28% of weekly podcast listeners, five shows a week, not individual episodes, listening over eight hours a week, which is 22% of all U.S. listeners. And actually, uh, I we got the updated stat there thanks to the Westwood One report that it's 8% of the overall podcast listening universe. That's, who, that's what super listeners reflect. This turned out to be more of an ads a research project super listeners are looking to limit their exposure to ads 50 percent of the super users say that's one of the reasons why they're listening to podcasts to uh limit their exposure to advertising um that is the single stat by the way jay that explains why our audience didn't like dynamic advertising oh but (laughs) they probably they honestly don't like our current sponsorship, probably. They and most of them try to skip those ads on from time to time. We try to make them relevant and important to uh the audience that's listening. But but it's it's because of who our audience is. Our audience is the super user. Well, I will also tell you though that while that number is like, oh well, half of the super listeners, and remember that's only eight percent of the total listening audience. So of 8% is what, 4%? So only 4% of the total (laughs) podcast listening universe are listening to podcasts to limit their exposure to ads. There's numbers later on that these numbers don't jive together. Uh, 22% of super listeners pay for subscriptions to avoid ads. Uh, I have a screenshot. I took a screenshot of this particular slide uh, for a particular reason. And the reason why I wrote screenshot was so that I would open that particular screenshot and dive into this a little bit more. The most important reason why you currently have a paid audio subscription, 22% to hear the fewer ads, 43% for more control over the content you are listening to. And 35% is for the access to content you can't get for free. Um, so that's an interesting statistic there. I, I think there's only really three main reasons why uh, you're paying for subscriptions. I'm sure there's more, you know, you know, what's not on that list, Jay, what's that? To get a mug or a sticker right. or a t-shirt mm-hmm. or a tote bag, no one cares about your merchandise. The people who want your merchandise will just pay for it. You can set up a Redbubble account. Uh, you don't have to stock it. You don't have to hold it anywhere. You don't have to ship it out. Don't do that. 
Uh, one in five super listeners are ad avoiders that you can't reach in mainstream media whatsoever because they've cut the cord. Uh, they've gone to different media that these advertisers aren't going to be able to reach them. Uh, the only way they're going to be able to get to them is through podcast ads. And 44% of super listeners pay more attention to podcast ads. So remember, they're listening to podcasts because they don't want ads. But when they do hear an ad, they're paying extra special close attention. Well, I, part of that, though, Jay, is because of the self-selecting nature of the of the, the podcast audience, right? So if you're listening to a show like I referenced earlier, the Accidental Tech Podcast, any potential advertiser knows a ton of things about me because I tell you I'm a regular listener to the Accidental Tech Podcast. So that like automatically short circuits a ton of your like shotgun style advertising. And then the other thing, Jay, is if you get a host who wants to actually put his time and energy behind pitching your product, you're not getting that on, on network TV. Like, you know, whatever is the, 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 I'm trying to think of literally any star of a network TV show. Anyway, the guy who's on the star of this is us is not coming out during the 32nd commercial break to tell you about tide. Right. But the stars of the accidental tech podcast, tell me about Casper mattress and go fresh or whatever. Although I will tell you, Tide did a wonderful commercial with Terry Bradshaw during one of the Super Bowls where he got a spot, a stain on his shirt at one point during the pregame. And that spot showed up again during halftime. And then by the end of halftime, the spot on his shirt was finally explained through the Tide commercial. It was actually, that. It was actually quite brilliant on their part. That's native advertising, Jay. Native advertising. That's a concept that that we're going to talk about in an upcoming episode. I had a great uh, thing that I found on Twitter about that recently. Only 17% of super listeners find host-read ads unfavorable or worse. Uh, 5% find it very unfavorable. 12% unfavorable. Uh, I use the negative because the bigger number <laughs> is, is, I suppose, more interesting. Uh, 22% find it very favorable, 27% find it favorable, and 34% find it somewhat favorable. Um, so so that's sort of the idea of, and, and the downfall of this particular survey is they did not ask what was their feeling about pre-produced ads versus host-read ads, which was a little disappointing that we didn't have that comparison to go to. Um Places that have too many ads, according to the super listeners, 62% say TV by far has the most amount of ads and it's troublesome to them. Only 24% say podcasts uh, have too many ads uh, on that particular platform. Radio, 47% said that radio has too many ads. I want to repeat that number. 47. That's less than half. That means 53% don't. And this is of super listeners who are trying to avoid ads. 53% of them don't find that radio, which we all agree in general has too many ads. They said doesn't have too many ads. So when you're worried about the ads in your podcast, don't be worried. I, I think that I think that comes down to Jay. Those super listeners. It's been so long since they've listened to radio. They don't remember how many ads there were. <laughs> <on radio. laughs> 
You're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's fine. Radio has no, they don't have too many ads, do they? I don't know. What 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 do they do on radio these days? Uh, yeah, I think that's I, I, that's got to be. There is what you were talking about earlier, where the numbers don't seem to add up. Right. Uh, it's it's people. It's just because it's uh it's preference polls, right? People are you're asking your opinion on this question and that question, and there's no logical flow through necessarily from one point to the other for the individual survey taker. Right. And that's sort of that's another thing that gets sort of annoying in some of the ways that these questions are asked. And one of the things maybe we'll do. Uh, in another show about that Westwood one survey is there are questions in there that get asked that I'm always like, well, wait a second. Uh, like one of them was something about, um, are you more likely to buy ads next year, uh, than you are currently or versus the previous year? Well, if you never bought ads in a show and you're not going to buy ads in a show and you have no plans of buying it, then you're going to stay the same. It doesn't get worse. And so when you present that number and then you include that, well, to stay the same are st- with the, those that are increasing, it, it sort of gives you a false perception of what the reality is because that particular person couldn't answer the question properly to give you that sort of outcome. Right. You need a does not apply right. or something as an option. Uh, the, the number here, Jay, in the article that popped out to me more than many, any other 70% considered a new product or service as a result of hearing a sponsorship or ad on a podcast that they regularly listen to. Now you talked earlier about, I'm the one in five that's gone to an event because you haven't, uh, have you bought something that was advertised on a podcast that you had never heard of or never tried before? Uh, yes, I have, uh, razors. And they work great. Yeah, I've, I've, I've bought razors. I bought a mattress. I, I literally bought a mattress once upon a time. I have bought lots of different like products. I've bought several subscription services at different times. Like I am that guy. I'm absolutely that guy. Jay, we got to wrap this up. You've got some uh, stuff to get to here. So the link for the super user report as well as the Westwood One report are in the show notes. And now our third and final sponsor for this week's show. I told you, Jay, that this episode was sold out. Uh, This episode of Always Listening is brought to you by Transition Curriculum Next Up. The link is in the show notes, transitioncurriculum.com. Here is a uh, great advertisement that I created for them. Teachers, parents share the same concern about their high schoolers. Is she prepared for the transition from high school? Next Up is the transition curriculum that prepares students to move from high school to employment or post-secondary education. Developed by special education and transition pros with the needs of students and schools in mind. Video-based curriculum, lesson plans, and student assessments. Learn more about Next Up and download a free lesson at transitioncurriculum.com. Help your students prepare for what's next with Next Up. We'll be uh, breaking some more of this stuff up um, even more as we go on, but tell everybody how to get in touch with you, particularly, Jay, if they're a sports podcaster, college sports podcaster. Still looking for those college sports podcasters. Uh, Podvader at lockedonpodcast.com or Twitter at the real pod Vader. I'm going to tease you that next week, one of the things that really started getting me crazy about the whole podcast means different things is uh, Pacific content uh, released some information about social media and their conversion. Uh, and um, I can just tell you that their audience is not yours. 
All right, that's coming next week. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about some native advertising, too. Uh, until then, we have been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Jay. I'm sorry I had to run. <laughs> and we are always listening. Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all of our past episodes, including more than 100 podcast reviews, at alwayslisteningpod.com. In Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. For help on your podcast, visit propodcastingservices.com. Our theme song is Enough from Bethany Rayburn. Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.